Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sports Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Let's see if it's James Conner time. The ninth play of the drive is a Connor touchdown. A dip, they get out there into the end zone. Linebackers can't flow over the top. Connor makes a nice cut. Third and one pitch to Pollard to the edge, cuts it inside and scores. Tony Pollard takes it in, and the interception by Jones turns into another Cowboy touchdown. It is a route a quarter and a half into this one. As a consultant for a couple weeks, I formation Herbert himself will take it on a first and goal. That's in for a Charger touchdown. They've taken the lead. Crowd roaring again. Third and ten. Pressure on Cousins. Steps up. Throws deep downfield. Caught. And that's the rookie Addison for the touchdown. And for the second game in a row, Addison is in for a score. Well, this is the guy you want at the plate. Christian Walker has homered, singled, and walked. He has scored twice and knocked in two runs. They can't get him out. Christian hits it up in the air. It's carrying to center. Doyle backing up to the track, to the wall. And that one's in the bullpen. Christian Walker has done it again in Colorado. A one. Swing and a high drive. Center field. It is deep. Kiermaier looking back, looking up. It is gone. A home run off the batter's eye. Aaron Judge has gone yard. He says, hey, look at me now. Again out of the shotgun. Williams is going to keep it. Look out. Caleb Williams. He may get there. It is touchdown. First and goal. McCaffrey into the end zone. Touchdown 49ers. McCaffrey now has scored a touchdown in 12 consecutive games, including the playoffs. Second and eight. Pressure. Deep. Caught. Samuel. Touchdown. They blitz and get burned. Bijan Robinson dancing around. And he has the football. Puts a move on. Bijan Robinson. He's going to have his first NFL touchdown. <laughs> Why do you spend a top 10 pick on running backs? Coach Smith told us you draft guys that score touchdowns and that stop touchdowns. Just... Third and six. Goff across St. Brown to the end zone. Detroit touchdown. Amon Ross, St. Brown score one of the season. Klubnik in zone, Brenning stool. Did he hold on through the catch? He did. Touchdown, Clemson. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. 
Welcome to the Friday, September 22nd edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7, Cardinals Cowboys, who you got ETS on Sunday. Cardinals, uh, excuse me, Chargers Vikings, who wins the uh, showdown between zero and two teams that made the playoffs last season. The Diamondbacks, do they perform better in the Big Apple this time? Meanwhile, the Sun Devils, can you make a case for them to cover Saturday night against USC? 49ers 30 and Giants 12, did we learn anything? NFL week number three, what game are you most looking forward to? And college football week number four, which team has the most to prove? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15, a Dallas Cowboys update uh, for Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News. 9.30 or so, interactive action at 602-260-1060 and also the local roundup. That will include a Diamondbacks-Yankees series preview. Final segment of the Sports Zone will be the National Roundup, including Rip from the Headlines and from the Wire. Then after the Sports Zone from 10 to noon, it's the Extra Point, hosted by Kayla. And today, of course, it's a Friday spread. And uh, also the weekly prop bet discussion with uh, Brian Blewis of uh, Pro Football Network. Right now, on to the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is, who got ETS on Sunday in Glendale? Cardinals plus 12.5 or Cowboys minus 12.5? And, and Kayla is here and is, I'm sure, overjoyed to give us the early returns. Sure. It's Friday. How can we not be overjoyed? Uh, Cowboys minus 12 and a half, though, is 100% of the vote. Okay. Just lay those double-digit points. So this is not going to be the only time the Cardinals are a double-digit underdog this season. In fact, looking ahead to next week, uh, some Las Vegas casinos have done the look-ahead lines for next week. The Cardinals, at last time I looked, which was actually before last night's San Francisco game, but at that point... The Cardinals were 15-and-a-half-point underdogs at San Francisco. Meanwhile, the Cowboys suffered a season-long setback during practice on Thursday. Trayvon Diggs reportedly suffering a torn ACL. We'll certainly talk about that in all Cowboys, or a lot of Cowboys things, uh, with Michael Gelkin in the next segment. Today's Twitter poll question, which 0-2 and two team wins on Sunday at Minnesota, Chargers or Vikings, and what's happening here? Well, over on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060, it's the Chargers, 62.5% of the vote, Vikings trailing at 37.5%. One of these teams that made the playoffs last season will be 0-3 and three after Sunday, unless there's a tie, the kind of the Donovan McNabb rule or something there. Meanwhile, uh, back on the local front, the Diamondbacks are in New York again. Last week, they lost three out of four in Queens to the Mets. And they start a series at Yankee Stadium that's in the Bronx tonight. So maybe just moving a little, you know, a couple of boroughs apart. 
uh, that will uh, change things for, for the Diamondbacks. Will the Diamondbacks win two out of three this weekend at Yankee Stadium? ASU, a five-touchdown underdog at home on Saturday night versus USC. Returning Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams has yet to throw an interception in three games this season against really bad defenses. In fact, I can make a pretty good case that ASU is the best defense that USC has faced so far this year. Can you make a case that ASU covers the point spread versus USC? Meanwhile, running the spanning the globe, he tried to say. Running, I'm not sure where running came from. Spanning the globe. Uh, the Niners are expected, as expected, cruise. They've now won 13 consecutive road games. Excuse me, start that whole thing again. They won 13 consecutive regular season games. Some of those were on the road. Uh, did we learn anything during last night's 49ers victory over the mighty and not-so-mighty Giants? Meanwhile, NFL Week 3, the slate is lacking marquee matchups, uh, including the Sunday night game. Pittsburgh and Las Vegas, two dismal offenses so far this season. What NFL game this Sunday is uh, one that you're most looking forward to? I don't know if I have an answer for that, unless it's Minnesota and the Chargers. Meanwhile, the college football season likely will not have a more important day than this Saturday. There are six uh, top 25 matchups, and that actually does not include Florida State at Clemson because Clemson is not ranked in the AP Top 25 this week. Which uh, team is, uh, which team has the most approved, let's put it that way, uh, in college football tomorrow? Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that's the pipeline for today. We get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it is from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by a Cowboys update with Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, it'll be phone call time. General discussion, 602-260-1060. That'll include the local roundup. We'll have a little more on the Cardinals and the Cowboys. Plus, ASU and the U of A games this upcoming weekend. And then, uh, time pending, we will get to some Diamondbacks. We'll definitely get to some Diamondbacks and Yankees things for this upcoming weekend. The three top pitchers uh, combined in those two staffs, uh, starting pitchers, not scheduled to pitch in this weekend series in the Bronx. You're listening to the Sports Zone. Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. Download today to hear all of the national and local shows you love. That's the KTUS 1060 app. Welcome back 
to the Sports Center with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7, your home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, they have conquered uh, the New York teams. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the Sports Center by Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News. And Michael, I'll get to the uh, Thursday bad news next, but first up, what has stood out to you during the Cowboys' wins the first two weeks against the Giants and the Jets? Uh, how good the defense is. Uh, not to set up a natural pivot uh, to the Trayvon Diggs news when we get there, but um, to me that was a story of, of training camp. Uh, watching this team, um, I said before the year, is as good of a team as I've covered in 14 years as an NFL beat reporter. Um, and the defense is where it starts. And we talk about the defense, you start with Micah Parsons, who's just an exceptional athlete, exceptional competitor. He decided this offseason that he really wanted to be great. And when you have someone as, as skilled as he is, um, he just puts in as much work as, as he did and then is determined to take the rest of the guys with him. Um, it's it, 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 the, the result um, was really, really clear very early on uh, over the course of the offseason, certainly in camp. So, um, yeah, he, he uh, you know, Parsons is leading the way, DeMarcus Lawrence, Osa Digizua, I mean, Chauncey Golston, Dorrance. I thought the defensive line is so deep and they just roll guys. Um, that's kind of where it all starts. But the secondary, you know, the front end, back end go, go hand in hand. With the unfortunate loss of Trayvon Diggs, it's, uh, it's no doubt a blow to that unit. Okay, so unfortunately, Diggs goes down with the ACL injury yesterday. What has impressed you most about him during the early portion of his NFL career? I think his ball skills are as, as good as I've seen of a cornerback. Um, you know, just it's it's you know, he plays the ball like like the receiver. I mean, you know, the receiver might start the route, but there, there have been several times over the course of Trayvon Diggs' career where he's the one who's finishing it. And keeping in mind that this is someone who played. You know, receiver in high school when he got to Alabama, he was a wide receiver. Not until he was at Alabama did he get moved to corner. And so the place, the, the ball skills, the playmaking, that was always ahead uh, for Trayvon Diggs. Uh, that was ahead of his physicality. It was ahead of his technique and just some of the other subtle aspects of the position. But here now, uh, this year, uh, we, we, year four for him, uh, we really saw physicality. We really saw the addition of Stephon Gilmore uh, had you know, kind of a domino effect for, for guys in that room where they could see someone like Gilmore with his knowledge and his attention to detail. It just raises the bar for, for those in the room. And I think that synergy uh, between you know, a veteran player and a young player is so important in a, in a locker room and in the position room. And Cowboys have that with, with Gilmore and on the cornerbacks. They have it with Brandon Cooks and on the wide receivers. Uh, those two March editions via trade were really big for their locker room. So I think I think Trayvon just you know took the ball skills he had and, and, and built off of that was you know, a much more complete cornerback. His, his first two games, that was the best I've seen over the course of his NFL career. Hmm. So without Diggs, does Dan Quinn play more zone and depend even more on the pass rush? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think they're gonna, the Cowboys are going to totally revamp what they do uh, based on the one injury. And look, it's a big injury. It's very clear that Trayvon Diggs is, you know, you don't simply replace a guy like that. But can slide Ron Bland from your nickel corner to your boundary corner opposite Stephon Gilmore. And the Cowboys really, really like, really like Ron Bland. You know, this is a defense 
that has very high aspirations. They want to be a Super Bowl caliber defense. They want to be a memorable, like a historically consequential defense. They, they want a, a defense that be defenses remembered in terms of the Baltimore Ravens. You know that, that sort of a that sort of association. And I don't think that Deron Bland, you know, the, the 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 move from having the force move from Trayvon Diggs to Deron Bland alone is enough to change the Cowboys' goal. Um, you know, Deron Bland is a really, really solid corner. Um, in the second season, he's got some versatility inside out uh, that they developed, but outside is home. And so him moving back into the outside corner spot uh, should be a great transition for him and for this defense. So I still think, you know, come Sunday, Arizona, you know, the Cardinals are going to have their hands full with, with this defense. Um, but the real problem is that now you've, you went ahead and used your move in terms of cornerback. You, know, you, you, you lost a guy soon in the season, and, and you, you can only lose so many guys until you really start to feel it. So I don't – obviously there's, there's a drop-off from Diggs, but I don't think it's have to drop off that maybe some people who aren't familiar with Lance game might think. Um, but you're, 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 you made this move now, and you're another injury uh, at that position over the course of a long season. You know, suddenly the name is really changing. The defense with Quinn has really excelled. He obviously has many elite players. How's he mixed the talent level with his scheme? Yeah, he does a good job of, of finding out what players do best. Um, he, he makes them uncomfortable in some respects. Where, uh, hey, you're Leighton Vanderish. Let's, 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 you know, you're you're athletic, you know, linebacker, but you know, more of a definitely a second level linebacker. Let's have you move to end or Marquise Bell, your safety. Let's try you out at linebacker. Michael Parsons, you know, let's, 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 you know, I know linebacker was your position at Penn State. Uh, let's see you at a, at a defensive end. And, you know, you know, obviously Michael Parsons was defensive end in high school, but um, it, it's still the point is he's really all about moving his guys around and, and really developing versatility. And I'm almost having, you hear this on the basketball court of guys, you know, the NBA becoming increasingly positionless. Is that really what? Dan Quinn has enacted in Dallas is having a, you know, often a positionless defense. I mean, it's incredible what he does with his safeties. Israel Mukwamu is someone who can help the Cowboys play a little bit of nickel cornerback, dropping out from safety. He still actually changes position from safety to linebacker. So there's just all this all this movement, and I think that's that's really the fingerprint of Dan Quinn is finding out what guys do best, putting them in positions regardless of what that position may be. Michael Galkin of the Dallas Morning News, currently in the sports zone. All right, on the offensive side, uh, obviously things have changed with Mike McCarthy, now the play caller uh, replacing Kellen Moore. How specifically have things changed? It changed a lot. Uh, it's, you could go from the X's and O's standpoint in terms of the way that they're protecting the quarterback. Uh, we're seeing the ball out of Dak Prescott's hands. Uh, you know, that's happening a lot faster this year. Um, some little subtleties in terms of like outside, run, outside, outside zone, how they're blocking that. Um, but I think ultimately, I, I just look at the you know the way that he's not trying to lead the NFL in offense. You look at the way he's calling the game. Um, he's trying to you know pick up completions, get rush attempts, control the clock. Um, you know, really play to his team strengths, which is the defense. And so you, you, it's not like a, a track meet. You know, Michael Gallup hasn't really gotten going yet. Maybe they can go on a little bit on Sunday. Um, but you know, it, it, you're just seeing um, you know. CD Lamb in the squad, and you know, quicker pass. I, I just think it's, it's it's all about efficiency. Um, you know, the fact that Dak Prescott doesn't have an interception, the fact that Dak Prescott's only you know sacked once, 
Um, you know, those are the sort of numbers that matter to Mike McCarthy. You know, can we win turnover margin? Right now, Cowboys have plus seven in turnover margin for two games. It's a big part of the reason why they're 2-0. Um, so when your defense has seven takeaways, if your offense yeah. does not turn over the football and, and not have any sudden change situations on that end, you're probably going to win a lot of football games. So I think if that's kind of the big-picture approach that Mike McCarthy has taken that's a little bit different than his play calling predecessor, Kellen Moore. Kellen wants to light up the field, and he learned over the past few years to you know run the ball a little more and do some you know things that left a higher risk pace. But that's really that thought philosophy is really intensified now with with Mike McCarthy uh, being fully over the reins. Uh, you know, he, he he and Kellen went back and forth a little bit on those, those sorts of conversations, and so uh, you're seeing McCarthy really. Um, you know, take a more conservative approach, which is translating to wins. You mentioned, you know, Dak with the, you know, he's, they played for the lead literally from like the this first time that they stepped on the field this season or close to it. Um, he's been highly efficient. Is that more the McCarthy offense or the fact that he's been playing with a comfortable lead for much of the first two weeks? Well, there's no doubt that the defense is, is and even the special teams, you know, the Cowboys first touchdown of the year was a, was a blocked field or return for a touchdown. I mean, it absolutely helps your quarterback when you spot in him the type of lead that, that, that the Cowboys have afforded him. It's kind of like a pitcher who gets run support right out of the gate and bottom of the first, he comes, in, he comes on, all he needs to do is throw a strike. That's basically what this Cowboys offense has become. They just want to throw strikes. Now, I say that to some degree. I mean, they're still getting a lot of big plays chunks, you know, that, that's happening as well, but just in terms of how they're getting those plays, they're not fortunate. Um, you know, the air yards are down. Again, it's just, they're just kind of staying within themselves, and, and, and again, the, the execution, the way Dak's reading the field, and saw it really well this past week since the Jets. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's some elements of it that are just kind of coming together. Um, so, uh, you know, game script, game flow, all those things are real in terms of how Michael Parks is calling a game. Uh, the, the Cowboys have personnel packages that they thought that by now two games in they would have had to unveil but when you're outscoring your opponent 70 to 10 you can afford to keep those sort of things in your pocket so they're not just showing things to show them like they're just kind of rolling out different elements of their offense so in some level it's almost difficult to fully assess the Mike McCarthy led offense because of just the way these games have gone. Tony Pollard a lot of splash plays in his career um, is he accustomed to be uh, every down running back for a 17-game-plus playoff season? We're going to find out. The Cowboys believe so. He hasn't done that at the NFL level, so it's hard to, to say exactly what he can and cannot do, but they believe he can do it. Uh, they have no reason to believe otherwise. They also want to roll guys in where, you know, in years past, they felt they had 1A, 1B between Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Now they have they just have a 1 and Tony Pollard, and then there's a, there's a 2A and a 2B in terms of Rico Daddle, Keith Vaughn, and even wide receiver Kalonzo Turpin. We've seen him in the backfield. I think we'll see that more over the course of the year. So they just they want to keep Tony Pollard fresh, but they're not going to do what they've done in the past, which is you know not sniff 15 carries for the guy. Um, you know, they, they are going to use him. You know, he's playing on the franchise tag. Very well could be Tony Pollard's last season in Dallas. We don't know where his future lies. And so if you got a guy like this, use him. And that's what the Cowboys are intent on doing. Talking Cowboys with Michael Galkin of the Dallas Morning News. Of course, the Cowboys in town to play the Cardinals on Sunday or will be in town to play the Cardinals on Sunday. Brandon Cooks, 
Uh, didn't play last week against the Jets. He returned to practice this week. I know he just landed in Dallas. I've asked this question many times over the years to many different beat writers or wherever he's playing. Why is this dude on a different team every year? I don't. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's 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 weird too because when you look at it, he's had it's Mike McCarthy when you include an interim coach in Houston. Mike McCarthy is his sixth head coach in five seasons. Um, <laughs> so there's there's all types of instability that's kind of just been part of his you know recent career or just his career in general. And I, I don't know, um, but I think it it says something that teams are willing to acquire him. Um, it, it, it says something about how productive he's been. Look at all the 1,000-yard seasons that he has. And I, I can tell you, last year the Cowboys drafted a wide receiver out of South Alabama, Jalen Fulbert. He caught two passes uh, as a rookie. And this is a guy who's supposed to help mitigate the departures of Amari Cooper, Isaac Wilson. And he was just a really a non-factor. Uh, he was in his own head. He wasn't playing fast. He wasn't play the way he needs to see in terms of comfort and it just really was a disastrous year. Fast forward to March 2023 Cowboys acquire Brandon Cook and man the light has just came on uh, for Tolbert this offseason and it, he gravitated to Brandon Cook and so you have a guy who just from a character standpoint uh, you know, a leader standpoint and not only does he have the speed to go and then be productive on his own merit and also have the versatility to play you know, the X, the Z, you know, the flanker, you know, he can do all these different things. But being that sort of a guy, uh, when he steps into a room and guys like including C. Lamb gravitate toward him and he's comfortable with that and just wants to share his knowledge, he has value in this league. So, yeah, teams have, have traded him, but teams have also been willing to acquire him and I, I don't think any of those teams that parted with Brandon Cook would say to you they wouldn't be uh, eager to have him back one day, uh, based on you know, the type of guy he is around the building. So this isn't uh, this isn't a guy who's, who you know just kind of burned bridges all around the NFL and, and bounced from place to place. That's that's not the case with Brandon Cook. I don't know how the other beat reporters answered this, but that's the best that I can. That's pretty much the same I've heard over the years. So it's uh, good for him. Uh, hopefully things work out. Uh, and Dallas seems like a nice fit. Uh, the offensive line, currently some injury issues, including Zach Martin. What's the latest on that group heading into the game on Sunday? Yeah, Zach Martin is by far the best offensive line that the Cowboys have. I mean, probably, I don't want to say by far, but he's, I think, generally accepted to be the best interior offensive lineman in the NFL. Future pro football Hall of Famer. His status is obviously important to watch. Has not practiced this week with an ankle injury. Zach told me in the locker room after the game when he fainted this past Sunday that he would have continued playing had the core been closer. Um, I believe the Cowboys, when they say that just because he's a practicing, doesn't mean that he won't play on Sunday. So we'll see. Um, I think it also makes depend on Tyler Biotish. Right now, the Pro Bowl center, uh, he's coming off of a hamstring injury. He suffered in practice yesterday, so it wasn't just a Trayvon Diggs injury. But I'm told the Biotish injury like, thought to be pretty minor, uh, but his status for Sunday will become a little bit more clear over the next 24 hours. So, uh, they, the Cowboys do get their left guard back. Tyler Smith will make a season debut. Very physical. A big addition for them in the run game. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a, a banged-up unit right now. They've, they've had some things thrown at them, but nothing that's especially severe. 
You mentioned close. Uh, if the game were closer, Martin would have been in there last Sunday. Uh, nobody seems to really think it's going to be close this week. They're almost a two-touchdown favorite. Uh, are you expecting another Cowboys blowout victory on Sunday in Glendale? Well, I, I, I think I saw reports that the Cardinals had three healthy defensive linemen on their 53-man roster this practice week. Mm-hmm. And yep. I, 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 yeah, that's, and then I realize you guys aren't running like a four three or anything, but that's still pretty pretty crazy. Um, and, and Carlos Watkins being one of them, and I, I just I, I think there's a pretty clear talent disparity, even if you remove Trayvon Diggs from the field. Um, yeah, so you know, and obviously the Cardinals need this game. Uh, they need it. They got the San Francisco 49ers coming up next. You don't want to fall back four zero or zero four with the new coaching staff and all that. Um, so I expected a desperate team. You know, things can happen in the NFL. So um, I, I think the Cowboys will get the Cardinals' best shot. Um, but whether or not that will be good enough, it's really hard to imagine it being so. Just again, with the talent disparity, uh, you know, yeah, there's getting no digs, but there's Michael Parsons, there's the Marcus Lawrence, um, there's a whole group. I, I just I just don't see how um, the Cardinals can, can keep their quarterback, young quarterback, comfortable. So I, I yeah, I think this. Uh, I had the Cowboys covering, um, like the big spread. Um, I, I just think the Cowboys are that good right now. Mike, always good talking to you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Always a pleasure, Bob. Have a great one. You too. Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News. Excellent stuff, as always. And uh, used to be uh, covering the Chargers back in the day. And uh, the Cowboys these last few years Good move for him. <laughs> Meanwhile, next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060. Also, the local roundup. See how much we get to depending on the phone call volume. If you want to get in, feel free to interrupt, 602-260-1060, around uh, the uh, phone call volume. I'll get in at least a brief Diamondbacks and Yankees series preview and likely a little more on the Cardinals and maybe some Sun Devils and Wildcats. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7. KTUS 1060 app yet? Download today and get all of your favorite local and national shows right on your phone. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KTUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. If you want to get in, we got phone call time in this segment. 602-260-1060 to the KTUS hotline. Today's local roundup starts with the Diamondbacks beginning a three-game series tonight at Yankee Stadium. Diamondbacks now up to 81-72 and 72 after the five-game homestand sweep of the Cubs and the Giants. The Yankees, after they made a little bit of a push, a little bit, not, you know, they, they were doing okay until the last few days, except for yesterday they did quite well because Garrett Cole pitched, uh, but 77-76 and 76 on the season. Uh, the Diamondbacks, after playing 17 consecutive days, have been off twice this week, Monday and Thursday. They also have next Thursday off before they finish the season next weekend at home 
against the Astros. Remember, the Astros much better on the road for whatever reason than they are at home. Uh, on to the Yankees we go here. Aaron Judge, even though he's, even though he's missed a large chunk of the season, still has 32 home runs. Uh, Glaber Torres is a nice bounce back season, at least with the bat in his hand. He's still awful in the out in the second base, or you know that's actually the only position I think he's played this year. But Torres, in fact, over the last 10 games, is 12 for 37 with uh, you know four extra base hits in those last 10 games. So why are the Yankees just one game above 500? Among other things, it's the injured list that includes Nestor Cortez, who's been on the 60-day IL for a while, Anthony Rizzo, who played with concussion for like two months uh, before they finally shut him down for the season, Jonathan Oizaga, a key relief pitcher, has been out for some time with an elbow injury, Luis Severino, starting pitcher, has been out with multiple injuries this year. A variety. He's been on the uh, injured list at least twice, maybe three times. And Jose Trevino, who's an all-star catcher last season, has been out for you know, couple, at least a couple of months with a uh, wrist injury, landing on the 60-day injured list at that point. Meanwhile, the recent Diamondbacks resurgence has included Lourdes Guerrero Jr., He's 12 for uh, 13, excuse me, for his last 37, three doubles, a home run, and eight runs batted in over the last 10 games. Scheduled pitching matchups in this series are not going to include Zach Allen, Merrill Kelly, or Garrett Cole. Uh, tonight it's Brandon Fott, two and eight with a 5.86 earned run average. He was very good last weekend at home against the Cubs. Against Luke Waver, former Diamondback. I didn't even know he was on the Yankees until this morning when I did research for this series. Uh, he's 2-5 and five with a 677 earned run average. He's making his second start uh, with the Yankees. He was acquired last week from Seattle. I knew he was in Seattle for a little while. He's with the Reds earlier this season. Obviously a 677 earned run average. He's been bad. On Saturday, scheduled starters Zach Davies, 2-5 and five with a 681 against Carlos Rodon. Back from injury, 3-6 and six with a 590 earned run average. Actually started the season on the injured list, came back. I think he was on for 15 days after he came back, and then he's been back here for a while now. Uh, Sunday, Ryan Nelson, who's been good on the road this year, remember, 7-8 uh, and eight with a 553 earned run average against Casey Schmidt, who I'm somewhat intrigued by. Sometimes you watch this Casey Schmidt pitch and you go, whoa, this dude's got something. Some days he doesn't. Uh, nine and nine with a 465 earned run average. All right, Cardinals and the Cowboys. We went through some of the injury situation uh, with Michael Gelkin from the Dallas Morning News in the last segment. As far as the Cardinals are concerned, uh, the two things that I think are you know, Calvin Beecham doesn't even play, so I don't think that's even you know, really even to be discussed. But Calvin Watkins, uh, you know, you know, who has actually been Good for the Cardinals when he's been able to play. He hasn't practiced this week, at least through yesterday. And Josh Woods, a starting linebacker, he didn't play on Sunday, and he hasn't practiced this week. I think that those would be the two injuries that stand out to me for the Cardinals as of yesterday. Meanwhile, the Sun Devils, 13, uh, 35, excuse me, not 30, they can only hope to be 13.5-point underdogs, 34.5-point uh, underdogs on Saturday night at home against Caleb Williams. Uh, if you can still stand watching ASU play football, it's a 7.30 kickoff on Fox. Tim Brando, he was my syndicated day, uh, syndicated radio co-worker for one day. <laughs> my last day was his first day uh, back in the uh, Chicago days for me. 
Uh, he'll be uh, doing the play-by-play, Cedric Tillman and Josh Sims also on the broadcast for Fox. Meanwhile, the uh, only case I could make for the uh, for ASU to cover this game is that USC plays Colorado next week. USC coming off a bye week uh, has actually benched their starters in their last two games after gaining huge leads in the first half against Nevada and Stanford. Uh, and I think those teams, unfortunately, are about the same level as ASU at this point. If you're into the history thing, ASU, after losing 11 straight from USC from 2000 to 2010, the Sun Devils have gone 5-7 and seven in the last uh, 12 meetings. Three of those wins were at home. The U of A, a 12.5-point road favorite at Stanford, it, it, uh, which appears to have the worst roster in the Pac-12, Stanford. Uh, they do have some good receivers, uh, some decent defensive players, but not much else. Their their you know, line play in the last three years of the uh, three or four years of the David Shaw era went down here significantly. That's still a problem this year. Lewis, their starting quarterback, who was injured when they played USC, apparently is going to play in this game. This is a four o'clock game on Pac-12 Network with longtime Sports Zone guest Ted Robinson and Yogi Roth on the on the call. Uh, guest plural, uh, Robinson and Roy Roth, both on this show over the years. Uh, the U of A has uh, not played Stanford every season, but the U of A has lost six consecutive games at Stanford. Last time they won a game at Stanford was 2006. Also, the U of A has one road victory, one, in the three seasons with Jed Fish as the head coach. They beat San Diego State to begin the 2022 season. All right. Quickly, just real fast, uh, some wild card back to some baseball here. The Cubs lost again to the Pirates last night. Uh, they've now lost, they being the Cubs, 10 of their last 13 games, and they're fading right out of the playoff picture, which I would have never imagined a month ago. They've been the most wildly inconsistent team, up and down, either tremendous or really bad uh, all season long. That kind of started you know, in April and May. The Giants, not surprisingly, lost again last night at Dodger Stadium. Uh, J.D. Martinez, a big night for the Dodgers. Uh, so that's good for him and good for them. Hopefully he can stay healthy for the playoffs for them. Uh, the Giants have now lost six out of la- the last seven games, and uh, they're fading even further in the wild card chase. The Phillies continue to win. This Nick Castellanos, who's had a tremendous bounce-back season in his second year in Philadelphia, Homered and drove in four runs. He now has 103 runs batted in on the season. And the uh, Phillies just kind of uh, increasing their wild card lead in the National League. They beat the Mets last night. Uh, Bryce Harper continues to bash. He got two more hits last night. Alex Bohm. Uh, Alec Bohm hit two, uh, hit, a, uh, hit a home run last night also. And uh, the uh, Phillies now three games ahead of Arizona for the first NL wildcard spot. All right, that's it for the uh, local roundup segment with a little baseball around the uh, National League wildcard thrown in. Coming up next, we'll have a news update. That'll be with Corey, followed by the conclusion of today's Sports Zone. National roundup time. We'll get to some rip from the headlines and from the wire and uh, Who knows where I'll go from there. I've got some things. If I need to, we will get to. So stay tuned for that. Also, don't forget to stay tuned for the extra point. Uh, The Friday spread uh, is going on today. And uh, we'll preview NFL and college games. 
Uh, so good deal there. Also, we will uh, do our weekly prop bet segment. So stay tuned for that. That's in the 11 o'clock hour today. You're listening to the Sports Zone right now, though. Uh, still the Sports Zone, quote unquote, with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. Show Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KDUS AM 1060. It's time for today's national roundup. Welcome back to the final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7. A little rip from the headlines and from the wire action here. The uh, Bengals uh, starting quarterback Joe Burrow remains day-to-day with a right calf injury. Zach Taylor said that on Thursday. Remember, the next game is Monday night against the Rams, so they have an extra day. They signed a quarterback this morning that I've never heard of until like an hour ago. And he went to the University of San Diego, and I don't remember his name right now. My bad, I didn't even jot down who it is, but... So I don't know if that means anything as far as Burrow's status for Monday night. Meanwhile, the Panthers, it appears, are going to be without uh, quarterback Bryce Young for Sunday's game against the Seattle Seahawks because of an ankle injury. Uh, if he's out, Andy Dalton is their backup quarterback. Meanwhile, in college football, Colorado has sold out all their football tickets for every home game this season. That's pretty impressive. 50,183. And uh, their first two home games already have been sold out uh, when they played, uh, you know, rivals, I guess. Nebraska is still a rival in Colorado State. Uh, the future schedule, the remaining home games are USC, Stanford, Oregon State, and the U of A. Meanwhile, around Major League Baseball, the Braves this morning placed Max Freed on the 15-day injured list. Don't think this is anything terribly long-term. Blister on his left index finger. Nothing to do with the injuries. He was. This will be the third time this season that Freed has been on the injured list, however. But the blister on the finger has nothing to do with his previous two injuries. Meanwhile, Marling's starting pitcher, Sandy Alcantara, currently on the injured list, but he threw a rehab start last night for them uh, in AAA against the, uh, for the, I uh, love these minor league nicknames, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Is the name of that team in Jacksonville. Good for them. Meanwhile, the Rays basically are moving uh, ahead with uh, their postseason plans, assuming that Wander Franco isn't going to be on the roster. We've gone through his situation frequently in the last you know six weeks or so, so I assume you're familiar with that. If not, you can look it up because I don't have time to get into it right now. Meanwhile, the first place Twins have some injury issues. They placed Carlos Correa on the injured list. On Wednesday, actually, with plantar fasciitis in his left foot. Anything lower leg injury involved or anything to do with him, uh, lower leg, uh, can obviously you know, he's got had some issues in that area, uh, both legs over the last few years. And also the Twins placed a rookie third baseman, Royce Lewis, uh, on the uh, injured list. And he was, last I saw yesterday, was scheduled for an MRI. All right, Major League Baseball scoreboard, just a couple of things. Garrett Cole. I don't think there's any doubt now that he should win the Cy Young Award in the American League. Last night, he retired the first 16 hitters 
He uh, you know, basically pitched eight really stellar innings as the Yankees stayed above 500 uh, with a 5-3 victory against the Blue Jays last night. Cole allowed a run, two hits, longest outing since he pitched two shutout innings, uh, pitched a two-hit shutout, excuse me, on April 16th, way ton long time ago, April 16th against Minnesota. Cole last night, nine strikeouts, zero walks, only allowed two base runners. Again, his American League earned run average leads. In fact, he leads the American League in earned run average now at 2.75. He's finishing the season strong with four consecutive wins as far as decisions go. So he should be the MVP, the uh, the uh, Cy Young Award winner, excuse me, in the American League. Meanwhile, the Orioles lost again at Cleveland. Ramon Laureano drew a bases loaded walk, and uh, Jacob Webb. Uh, you know, off of Jake, off of Jacob Webb, excuse me, the Orioles pitcher. That was the deciding run as the Guardians rallied to win 5-3 in the uh, American League as the American League East leading Orioles, <clears throat> excuse me, won that game last night. <clears throat> My bad here. His scratchy throat thing starting to drive me crazy. I'm sure it's driving you crazy too out there. Uh, the Guardians actually just uh, – Gotten back into the game before, you know, excuse me, the Orioles had just gotten back into the game before the Guardians scored three runs in that eighth inning. All right. Stay tuned. Next two hours will be the extra point hosted by Kayla. That'll be uh, included, uh, obviously, the weekly spread, the Friday spread. And as we go through a whole bunch of NFL and college games, also our you know, prop bet segment, our weekly prop bet segment with Brian Blewett of Pro Football Network. And more phone call time, 602-260-1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening.